Okay, now explain to me what Earth is. Tell me what it is. What 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 is what is Earth, and what is his role in whiskey production? It's the third planet from the sun. Okay, it's where you live. I thought I lived in Alpha Centauri, to be honest. <laughs> so, there's times I think you would live in Alpha Centauri. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, you gotta laugh. You you have to laugh, you know. Uh so uh, yeah, yes. Basically what it's to be about tonight is it's a bit to do with geography, it's a bit to do with uh what what grows on the earth, etc. etc. So um a bit to do with cereals and that kind of thing. Um let me look let me look let me look at the geography. That's Scotland below you. We aren't even on the map. What's that all about? Well, this is to do with whiskey regions, okay? Regions in Scotland. So what I'm talking about there is, it's this sense of what's called terroir. The, the, the French call it terroir. It's, you have, I think you have a, another a graphic there. It's this idea that a location, a, a, a sort of a culture, a climate, uh, a, basically a, a, a geographical location has an influence on, on a product. So mainly we're talking about wine, and that's, that, that's to do with wine. But what I'm talking about is the same thing for whiskey. Now, in Scotland, you have... Well, depending on who you ask, uh, different whiskey regions. Now, these are not hard and fast rules. These are they're a bit more subtle than that. But it's what that environment, what that area, what that um, geography has influence on the the product on on whiskey. So. The number one whiskey producing region really in the world is, is Speyside. So up in the sort of uh, northeastern corner there along the River Spey. I now, see it. Yes. There yes, is 50 distilleries there. Wow. And some of the big names. So you have Macallan, Mortlock, Glenfiddich, uh, Cardew, Tamdu. All of these ones are all located up there. There's a lot more than that, obviously. Let's say there's 50. But they have they have a character that normally is quite fruity, quite light, uh, what you would call estuary, so quite apple, pears, that kind of thing. So quite light and fruity. And that would be sort of sort of the style of that area. They're not all like that, but that's kind of the style of them. You then quite obviously see in the middle, you have the highlands. Now, the Highlands, because they're so sparsely populated, um, they have 47 distilleries there too, but it's over a much, much greater area. And it doesn't necessarily have a, a distinct style because it takes in a lot of it, will take in the islands as well. So you will have um, the likes of Old Putley, which is here. Uh, you have... Uh, Highland Park, which Highland Park. Um, you have 
even the Isle of Skye, the, the Isle of Rassi, in Kalaskar and that kind of thing. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily have its necessarily a distinct style, but it has that it has a a, a flavour to it, if you like. You know, a, a bit of a not necessarily a theme, but because it's so part and that lends itself to that, if you like, if you know what I mean. You have the Lowland whiskies, which are down, obviously, towards uh, Glasgow, that direction, uh, south of that. Is, is there that many? They tend to be sort of softer, lighter. I mean, with the likes of Ockentoshan, they'll be much more um, almost Irish in style, to be honest. Um, so they have that sort of light grass cream um are the lowlands are the lowlands uh, it, i mean it, how how does that affect it because the highlands you you've got the peat bogs the lowlands you only have you don't really have peat bogs in the lowlands do you or is there lowland peat bogs there what happens is you see it's a very subtle thing this this idea of terror in the lowlands take ogentoshin for example ogentoshin's a triple distilled whiskey, which tends to be an Irish style. And the reason it is, is because so many um, Irish immigrants went across and they wanted that style, so they wanted this lighter, fruitier taste. So they didn't want the the heavy peated, um, double distilled, heavy bodied whiskies. So that lent itself to that style then. So Again, it's not necessarily about climate. It's about culture and tradition and all of these things play a part. So the lowlands, that's what they do. Then you have Isla. Now, Isla has uh, a tradition of the very oily, medicinal, heavily peated scotches. But what a lot of people would sort of class as classic Scottish whiskies. You know, this, this sort of very heavy peat. Uh, peat reek. Uh, so you have the likes of your Lefroigs, your Ardbegs, etc., etc. And that's because over at Isla, Isla's got a massive peat bog. Okay, and we'll talk a wee bit more about peat in a, in a little minute. So you have these, this style as well. So then we have is the other uh, whiskey region. Probably the one that most people don't know very much about, and that's Campbelltown. Uh, Campbelltown, Glen Scotia, Springbank. And these are, have a, a very complex flavour to them. Traditionally, they have this very complex flavour. So they're quite sweet, but they're also quite salty. They're very, um, they've got a very rich mouthfeel. Personally, I, I really, really rate Campbelltown whiskies. I think they're fabulous. And Springbank Distillery, I've said this umpteen times before, Springbank is just a, an absolute wonder to behold. But th those are those whiskey regions. And these are um, seen as being uh, really the, the, the heart of the Scottish whiskey industry. So they are really the the different sort of flavours and styles of scotch. Now you come across to Ireland, and Irish whisky tend to be traditionally much lighter in character. They're normally triple distilled, or certainly 
that's the way it would be perceived as being. But they're seen as being these light, uh, very approachable, uh, very easy to drink whiskies. But what they've started to do is a lot of them have started to put the area that they're from as, as the name of the distillery. So you have the likes of the Connaught Distillery, uh, the West Cork Distillery, and this rather wonderful stuff, Dingle. You know, it basically says on the tin what it, what it is, you know. So. But how come Scotland counts as lots of regions, but Ireland only counts as one region? Well, because Scotland has many, many, many more distilleries. It's just as simple as that. And it's to do with the the, the character of of the the area, the sort of tradition, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you have I've I've told I've said before that um Ireland essentially in in the early early eighties, late seventies, early eighties, really only had one proper distillery. So how can you have so many regions? Ireland's taken as being one region and Scotland again in sort of legal parlance, Scotland, Scotch whiskey is one area, but these these different regions have, have this. It's not a hard and fast rule, as I say, but it tends to be the character of the whiskies. You know, um, it, it's, it feeds in from this idea of terroir, uh, which is always a French term. Now, that, that thing, this is dingo. This is Dingle Batch number five, uh, a single malt that's just come out, and it's fabulous. It's lovely aniseed. Yeah, lovely. Now, now some of these things in this terroir, uh, climate is obviously, well, they say it's changing. Soil is going to be scientific. Yeah. Terrain is also going to be scientific. But tradition tradition's a movable thing it's co like culture it's not fixed it's not finite i mean we're mixing qualitative and quantitative things here marty how, how does that work well the thing is you you have this once you establish a distillery your distillery depending on the shape of the still depending on who's making it depending on what your customers want etc etc they will that essentially dictates what your whiskey is going to be like. And that's that's basically a permanent thing. Now, if your tradition is that you make heavy peated, uh, oily, medicinal, Isla-style whiskies, well, you're not going to suddenly change overnight and start making, you know, triple distilled uh, bourbon cask, uh, you know, very light whiskies. That's not really what's going to happen. So that tradition carries on. It endures after uh, things. Now, we're talking there about peat. So whenever you're talking about earth, this is the very obvious thing to talk about with, with whiskey. And it's peat. Now, for anyone who doesn't know what peat is, like if you live in Ireland or, or Scotland, really we don't want to. Peat is basically decomposed um Mainly sphagnum moss, uh, which, if left for many, many millennia, would eventually turn into coal. It's that it's fuel. Now it's, it's in anaerobic conditions. That's how it does it. It it 
doesn't decay the way things would rot if they were left out in the oxygen. So they, this then becomes a fuel. Now, what they discovered, um, when you malt your, your, your grain, and we'll talk about grains a little bit later on, when you malt your grain, you need to dry them out. So what they discovered was if you use peat, peat imparts its own flavours onto the grain. Uh, as, the, as it dries it out. Now, if that was the only fuel that you had, then that's what you used. Again, on the likes of Isla, some of the other islands, Jura, etc., etc., and plenty of instances of it in, in Ireland. Uh, that's what you used. So, what essentially happens is lots of chemicals come off the, the peat and go on to the, onto the grain. And we'll talk about, I'm not just saying barley here, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on. But it's quite surprising just what um, chemical, what flavours the peat imparts. The automatic one is, you think of, is, is you know, like bonfires, smoke. Okay? But, some of the lower level of 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 peter you, you you can get surprisingly sweet smells um you'll get very spicy notes so the chemicals and i wrote down some of the chemicals here that comes off the peat so you have these phenols and they would be um like carbolic like carbolic soap you know that sort you know, you yeah, know stuff I mean? yeah yeah so carbolic soap you have creosol, which is a very, again, it's a very woody, sort of musty uh, smell and flavour. Uh, glycol, which is, again, woody, smoky. And then you have vinyl glycol. The vinyl glycol, I, like, I, I quite like this because it's described as being spicy, clove, or curry. <laughs> now, what happens is when people detective when they're nosing their whiskey and you hear people saying oh it's very spicy it's clove and the other guy he says well no it's, it's quite woody and musty it's you know it's you know it's that yeah that's the chemicals that they're smelling that's what they're actually picking up it's the same thing it's just people perceive them slightly differently so if someone turns around and says something very you know, it, it, it's, it's spicy, it's clove, it's it's maybe cinnamon or whatever. It's that it's all in the same ballpark. It's just that people perceive them slightly differently. But peat can add a, a, actually a, a very subtle sweetness to to green. You know. Well, Marty, we've got some really good questions tonight. We're a, more than a quarter away in already, and we've really only covered uh, the peat aspect of it. Uh, let's see who's who's joined us tonight. Remember to comment, like, and share if you want to get involved. Let me see. Uh, there's uh, Mark Kerr is saying, evening, lads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tre Trevor Watson is saying, make it up as you, you go along. You do. <laughs> I love it. This gets more scripted every week. Uh, we, we, we have uh, 
about a dozen photographs to show you this week, and we we sort of stick to the theme, uh, so it's not actually made up as it go along. It seems that way because that's we we like it to seem real. Uh, Frank Hearn saying. Uh, Marty, start at the top of the garden and cut across. Work your way down. <laughs> work your way down. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't quite work like that. It doesn't <laughs> work like that. Uh, uh, That's my garden. No, I know. Uh, Paul uh, is saying, "Well, laddies, yes. Uh, evening to you." Uh, Dave Cummins is saying the same. Uh, good evening to you, Dave. Uh, Julie Mason is saying. Evening, Marty and Justin. I see an art bag there. Okay. Yeah, we we would love we would love to go to art bag, wouldn't we? Oh, well, <laughs> we were nearly there. We we had to go through it to get a a, a, a boat bag again, if you remember. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, <laughs> uh, Paul saying, "Have a drink." Yeah. Well, no, I'm on the Chris tonight. I'm on the Chris. I, I, you probably see me eating the crisps because I've just come in from canoe in the barn and I'm absolutely starving. Um, <laughs> Julie Mason is saying, just discovered the wee beastie, yum. I heard you discovered the wee beastie, yum. Yes. Uh, let me see. Uh, oh, I've just sold something on eBay. That was what that what noise was. Uh, Paul, <laughs> Paul is saying, it's worth, it's worth a wee punt. I wonder what that was. That, that was at seven minutes past. What were we talking about at seven minutes past was worth a wee punt. But what did you introduce there earlier on at seven minutes past? The dingo. What? Dingo. Maybe. I, th I, think it, I think it maybe was the dingo. We'll give the dingle a look there. There's the dingle there. Uh, that, this, yeah. is what I mean. this is what I mean about the, 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 the a lot of the Irish distilleries are putting their name of where they're from on it because... It, it kind of plays into the whole. This is this is how we do it. This is the kind of style that we do, etc. I know. I know one of our regular viewers here, James Doherty. Now he's down in Donegal, and he's very much into. He wants to bring out the the, the more peated uh, whiskies at some point. Hopefully, bring out the more peated whiskies to uh, as a traditional. What traditionally is uh, from Donegal. It doesn't sound uh, Irish whiskey. There's this sort of misconception that they are uh, not peated, but it's not really true. They are. They, they were traditionally. There's lots of them were peated, you know. Uh, Mark Kerr saying he does like Isla whiskies. Yes, we do too. Yep, lovely. Uh, and then we've we've been hoping to visit Campbelltown, but the boat's off this year, so we can't actually go directly. But uh, there's Mark Kerr saying, spent a happy day walking around Campbelltown. It's a lovely part of the world, Campbelltown. Been there two or three times, actually. Uh, I do love it. Uh, yep. Julie Mason is saying she loves Campbelltown as well. Uh, Kilkieran, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, now, we're getting into some really heavy questions. It's 20 past mm -hmm. the hour. Remember to comment, like, and share if you want to join the show. If you comment on the Irish Whiskey Review website page, you can get us directly we'll be able to put your question on screen we've got some heavy questions here can we can we do them before you go on to great green marty can't can we or do you want to leave them until later no we've got ahead fire away fire away these, these are good ones tonight these okay. are you're getting asked harder questions every week we, we are going to have to get them in advance and research them right this is what david cummins said he says marty do you think some of the region of scotland are getting blurred with some of their newer distilleries. So I was going to ask this myself. 
as in that some distillers want to distill what they want, where they want. Yes, mm. I think there's definitely blurred lines in this map. Definitely, definitely blurred lines on that map. I think, I think absolutely. Um, what you're what you're going to see is people experimenting and doing different things, really, so they can stick their head above the parapet. If you if you know what I mean. Um, I think this is probably true in most things these days, that there's what was the sort of traditional way, the traditional things are, are kind of getting pushed out a little bit and new things happening. It's, it's a bit like the craft beers. You know, I read I read about a craft beer um, this morning that is made with uh, French mustard or, or French's mustard. <laughs> yeah, seen that. How does that work? Who knows? <laughs> Not hundred percent sure, but but I mean the thing is, people, everybody sort of crying about themselves, you know, or, or everybody sort of squawking and vying for the same customers. So I do think there is this blurring of lines, but your typical Isla Peter single malt still going to be your typical Isla Peter single malt. When people think of it; that's what they're going to think of. If you think of their space aids, they are traditionally, typically going to think it will be quite approachable, probably double distilled, quite quite heavy body, but it'll be quite light fruit or quite fruity. Excuse me. So I think I mean even Irish whiskies, you know, Irish whiskies traditionally seen as being triple distilled, very light, very approachable, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But you're starting to see some more peated whiskies, Bill Phil coming in, the Hinch peated. Um, I know that some of the new distillers, certainly up in this neck of the, the woods, are double distilling. Um, and that's what they're probably always going to be doing. For, for That's the way they're going to set up their stall. So there's blurred lines across the whole lot of it. And there probably always has been these days probably a little bit more but tradition will always hold sway i'll say like that for quite a long time i would have thought i don't see it changing anytime soon you know? okay uh 23 minutes past uh, 25 minutes past 10 you're watching irish uh, whiskey review live with uh expert whiskey person marty mccauley and myself justin mccartney here to ask the questions and, and moderate the whole thing for you frank hearn is saying does the shape of the still affect the whiskey absolutely massively massively um everything from we'll do we'll do a show on the shape of still some night i'll, 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 I'll do it quickly here um you can the amount of copper that it comes into contact with um how high up the, the neck of it goes because as, as the, the whiskey's boiling, it rises, but it cools and comes back down, and you get this, what's called reflux. Um, what angle the line arm comes off the, the still at, so you'll see the thing coming up and going like this. I mean, oh, totally, they make the bottle basically in the shape of the still. So the likes of every aspect of the, the still shape has a, an influence on it, you know. Uh, how bulbous it is at the bottom, 
you know, there's lots and lots of aspects for it. And we'll do a show about that some night because it's it's quite complex in its own right, but the shape of the still is massively important. There's even stories of uh, some of the old distilleries where the still had a dent in it, and then whenever they eventually have to replace the distillery, to replace the still, which obviously after wear and tear, they get this new still and they put another dent in it to make sure that it's exactly the same as it was. Whether that's true or not, who knows. But it's uh, it's massively important. That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. Dave Cummins is agreeing with you. He's saying about the amount of copper. Uh, yep. And a, a boy, ball, what's a boy, boy? <laughs> boy, boy. It's this, you see this on the, on the, imagine this is a copper still. It's this bit here. So that comes up and this, this is to do with this refluxing. So it comes up and it basically boils back in itself kind of thing. So it's, mm -hmm. it's getting added to the copper again to come up out the side of it. So we'll do a show on that some night and we'll talk about it because it's, that that's quite complex in its own right, you know. Every week I'm learning more and more and more. Uh, Julie Mason's come back again. The very first whiskey was uh, a La Prague, and she fell in love with whiskey there and then. Yeah, she's got great taste. So, right, great. Uh, Mark Mark Kerr's saying the same thing. He's saying he did Isla and Jura, visited twenty three, and bought a bottle of each. That's what we like to hear, Mark. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. By, by the way, do we still have some work? And can we all pop round? <laughs> well, uh, we 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 don't actually show you Marty's collection because you would think uh, Marty was a multi-millionaire if you've seen his collection of whiskeys. You for me. He's actually in his man cave, and it's like walking into. Uh, you know, Coca-Cola bottlers when you walk into Marty's house, okay? Right. Uh, let me see. Grant Erskine, I think you're a first time. Give him a clap. It's the first time we've heard from Grant Erskine. Evening all. First time I've ever watched this live. Pure luck. And it's the odd occasion that I'm drinking a gin. You traitor. You traitor. There's nothing wrong with the gin. I like a wee bit of juniper myself. No, I'm not, a big, not a big fan. We're on every week. Uh, for the meantime, we're in lockdown. This is like the twelfth week or something like that, Marty, isn't it? It's even more than that, Justin. It feels a lot longer. It feels longer than that. <laughs> I, know, I know that. But listen, Grant, the best place to watch this show is live on Facebook. But they're all archived on Facebook, but they're all archived at a brand new site. Okay? I'm going to show you this new site. Uh, I'm going to share the screen with you. Uh, Marty has set up a new YouTube page. And it's called Irish Whiskey Review. And if you go there, you can see uh, all the videos we have done. So if you've missed any, you can see them there, Grant. So thanks for joining us. How was it pure luck? Were you, mm -hmm. were you skipping through uh, sites about whiskey we'd shared it with? But anyway, this is the place where you can find out all the shows in the past. You can do, we've got fire in there. We've got water in there. We've got specials about various aspects. They're all on that site, Irish Whiskey Review. And I would ask mm -hmm. everybody watching to actually subscribe. That doesn't cost any money. Hit subscribe. Uh, 
a lot of people think the subscribe button on YouTube costs money. It doesn't. Uh, hit subscribe. Will we get to 100 viewers? It helps us. Will we get to 1,000 viewers? It helps us. Yes, I, I'm still I'm still here. But uh, listen, we've got to get through uh, a few other things. Where mm -hmm. can I access the subtitles? Uh, great show so far. The subtitles, Peter, should should be appearing automatically because I'm looking down at a feed here on my phone and the subtitles are appearing automatically. It does sometimes get it wrong and I'm like Hitler in the bunker, you know? <laughs> you know? So there it is there. It is on there. It, twist, it didn't twist. But the subtitles are up at the minute and they sometimes don't match our lips uh, and they say naughty things, especially when I say six. And six <laughs> instead. It, but but I have set it to English and Irish, so it, it, it gets it a bit better, all right? Now, this is one I don't. I don't like old Pultney. I don't like it, Marty. Uh, Trevor I, said he loves it. Oh, no, I, I, I have a lot of time for it. I think it's one of those. It's, 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 it's quite approachable, and I do like it. I, I think it always has a, a, a sort of salty, fruity flavour to it, you know. I, I quite like it. It's okay. It's, it's, it's not going to be one of my favourites, but it's, it's good. It's nice. Okay. Uh, we're halfway through the show tonight. Uh, we're doing Earth tonight, and it's a fact mm -hmm. on whiskey. Dave Cummins is saying, Murray really knows his stuff. Yes, some distillers bash the pot, still like the old ones they replaced. Bang on. Go on, Marty. Legend. There you go. <laughs> Mark Kerr saying he's only one left from that tour. Still keeping a stock, though. Is that one yeah. you don't like, Mark, or one you do like? That's the question we want to know. Gee, uh, that's, that's, that's the eternal struggle, Justin. Because <laughs> what happens normally, normally what I do is I start off, I have one that I don't particularly like, right? Uh, then I have a couple that I do like. And then after that, I kind of go back to the ones that I'm not overly struck on. So what tends to happen is the ones that I like, I have slightly more of them than I do of the ones that I don't like. Now, there are there are certain ones that I, that are that bad that I just don't bother with. And then I wait for, I wait for uh, my old mate, the exorcist, to take them around. And then I, I could feed it to you. Uh, I love it. I love it. Listen, we're halfway through. We'll better cover the rest of it. We've, we've done the peat aspect of it. Do we need to do another aspect? You were going to do barley, oats, rye, and wheat next, were you? Yeah, because what, com what comes from the earth, obviously, is the grains. Now, I've talked a few times about different sort of aspects of this. I haven't really done a huge amount about it. But everyone knows about single malt, which is made with 100% malted barley, right? That's Everybody knows this. Now, again, just to cover it again, malted barley, it's where they trick the barley into to basically sprouting to to bring out more sugars, essentially. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, yeast eats sugar and converts sugar into, well, essentially it pees out alcohol and farts out carbon dioxide. That's essentially what it does, right? <laughs> That's basically what it does. But you can all of these different grains have uh, different flavour profiles of different sugars in them, but it's the yeasts. Uh, I say yeasts, it's traditionally brewer's yeast, but there's, lots, there's other yeasts used. They 
impart different flavors and have different sort of aspects. Now, I'll just touch on pot still whiskey for a second. Pot still whiskey, I've talked about this before, is it's an Irish product. It can only be made in Ireland, pot still whiskey. And what it is, uh, it's a mixture of malted, unmalted barley and other grain. This is, the, this is a key part in it. Um, the technical file says it has to be a minimum of 30%. So either 30% malted or unmalted barley. Uh, the rest can be made up of the other, but it can have 5% other grain. Okay. Now I'll just, I'll just, because this seems quite limiting to some people. And I'm going to put this up because this, this man, this man gets a bit irate about this. Traditionally, Irish whiskies would have used much a much wider range of mash bills. Pure pure pot stills would have had much higher contents of oats in them. They would have had higher contents. They tried to say the pot still wasn't whiskey, wasn't it? No, they, the pot still was always whiskey, but it was defined. It was set up as as a, a PGA. Protected right. index. The problem is, well, I say it's a problem, it is what it is at the minute. You essentially had one company dictating what the, the technical file was going to be for it, and that's what they dictated. Now, you, you traditional recipes now, Alfred Bernard, who you know the book I told you about, 1880, he came over to Ireland. Yep. He mentions in a couple of the, the, the distilleries that he went to visit that they had oats on site. And they would have had malted oats as well. Um, so that was the, uh, the, 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 the Abbey Street distillery up in, in Derry. You would have had uh, the Phoenix Park distillery in Dublin. They had it. And there was, there was probably others. Most of the illicit distillers back in the day, people people think of potching being made with, with potatoes and all that kind of stuff. Mostly it wasn't. It was made with oats, um, which is a slightly harder uh, grain to make stuff with. Now, the reason people use barley is because it gives a higher yield. Okay, it gives a there's more sugar in it, there's more yield in it, you get more alcohol, more bang for your buck, essentially. But there are five and a half thousand different strains of barley. Okay, wow, and of that, there's only 10 of them used. There's 10 of them used uh, that are regulated by the Institute of Brewers and Distillers. Okay. Um, it seems very seems very strange. I'm just I have I, I have a few notes here because I had to write this down because I couldn't actually remember. Uh, you have Belgravia, Concerto, uh, Propino, Quench, uh, and there's new strains like Moonshine, Chronicle, Overture, Odyssey. All of the, these are the ones that are agreed on that these will make these are to make whiskey. Okay, so the Institute of Brewer and Distillers that's what they say. 
Now, to give you an idea of just how much these new strains can produce, uh, you can get three tons of barley per acre. Okay. Right. And from that, you can get 400 litres of whiskey per tonne, which is kind of incredible if you think about it. So you can get 1,200 litres of whiskey per acre. That's a lot of barrels. That is a lot that, of barrels. That's a lot of barrels. So you, 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 you can see why these... They're always trying to develop these new strains that are more efficient. But that's barley. Again, we were talking earlier on about people sort of breaking with tradition. There are new uh, distillers who are using oats. They are using uh, basically every... They're using buckwheat. Um, obviously, the likes of bourbon, they use corn. Uh, by law, bourbon has to be corn. It has to be 51% corn. Uh, but they're even using quinoa and all these weird stuff, you know. But wheat, wheat, barley, corn, oats uh, are, are essentially what is traditionally used in whiskey, you know. Wow. Uh, I mean, is it the same? Is it the same with the wheat and the rye? Is there only certain ones of those that are, are, are allowed to be used? Yeah. Uh, the thing is, they, because they're sort of a little bit more. Um, they're not traditionally used, if you know what I mean. They're they're not these days seen as being the what you use. I think yeah. there's a bit more there's more leeway with them. You can you can use up to five percent other grain. So basically you can use whatever you want, you know. Right. So basically there's the there's the traditionalist, the purists, and then there's the avant-garde ones that like to try everything. Well, I, I, like, I'm, I'm showing you Cologne because Brendan down in Cologne, uh, who, who's a, a wonderful guy. He's extremely passionate about this. And he's always, so, he's, a, he's a bit of a maverick, and he's always sort of trying to push the boundaries a little bit. So he's always pushing, and he says, pot still whiskey wasn't the limiting amount that, that the new technical file says it has to be. So he's always pushing and pushing and pushing to say, I want to up the oak content. I want to put in bits more of this and put in some of this and some of that and, and do this kind of thing. So, he, I mean, he's he's doing wonderful stuff. I mean, his, his pot chain is fabulous stuff, fabulous. Um, and it's got an oak content in it as well. Uh, so I think at some point I'll probably, the technical file, hopefully I'll open up a little bit and give uh, more things. Just want to just I see you've just put up this uh, lone elm that harks back to what I was saying about uh, people people in the terroir saying this is where we're from this is where we're, we we make our our whiskey you know uh, so this is very much obviously it says quite clearly on it it's made in Texas um, so you've t you know the, the the Tasmanian distilleries they're very much saying we're Tasmanian whiskies. The Japanese whiskies are very much saying they're Japanese whiskies, etc., etc. You know. Okay, uh, and what's what's the idea behind this? Is, is, is Texas isn't uh, famous for whiskey in any way? Although we we did touch on it when we did the, the world whiskies that mm. uh, 
Texas and America is trying to go artisan on whiskey now. Yeah, well, what well, there's it's basically them saying this is where we're from, and this is the effect that our our region will have on that whiskey. You know that that's what they're saying now. What I want to talk about now is aging and warehousing and and storing your whiskey because this has a huge effect on on the, the aging of whiskey. So, so here, here's barrels stuck here, and they've got numbers on them at Eichenville. Uh, you've said before that only part of the bottle has to be aged to that age, not all of it. Yeah. Whatever you state on the bottle is the youngest whiskey that can possibly be in it. Okay? Okay. So, so if you have a... a, a, a it says on it 16 year old you could have a 30 year old whiskey in there uh probably not in very big quantity but you'll you you can have 30 year old 20 year old 18 year old but it's a 16 year old whiskey because the youngest whiskey in it will be 16 years old okay, okay. right now the numbers on that just denote the the, the the barrels but what uh warehousing is really important because probably 70% of the flavor, maybe even more, comes from the cask. Okay. Now, what happens is if it's hotter, if it's warmer, the cask, uh, the, the whiskey expands by volume and goes deeper into the, into the cask, into the wood, and back out again. Right. So as it gets, gets warm, hot and cooler, hot and cooler, it comes in and out. Or if it's all hot all the time, it'll be further into the wood. Okay? So if it's cold, like in Scotland, you probably age it a bit more. If, however, it's in Kentucky, it's a lot warmer in Kentucky than it is in Elgin. Right? So what happens is they don't tend to be aged as long. Okay? Uh, you you will have whiskies that are maybe three four years old, if that uh, it's it, from some American bourbons, but it doesn't need to be much older than that to get what they're 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 aiming for. In Scotland, and in, in certainly in Ireland, it needs to be aged a little bit longer. Ireland's slightly different because you it tends to be tends to be a bit lighter, tends to be a bit more uh, approachable. So you don't want it overaged in Ireland, necessarily. Uh, in Scotland, the likes of your uh, more fiery whiskies, they, they take the age a bit better. Now, interestingly, I will, just, I will just say a couple of little things. Scotland isn't the ideal place to grow barley, okay? So it, it comes from southern England, Marty, doesn't it? It comes from southern England, it comes from the continent and various other locations and gets taken over to to Scotland. Um to, a lot of the time it'd be malted in, in Scotland. Uh there's big malting houses in, in England as well. Now lots of people talk about the barley aspect of the grain aspect going into the whiskey. 
And I know the new Waterford distillery, this is a big thing for them, this single farm. Uh, what's the difference between different farms? I haven't had a chance to, to, to taste the Waterford distillery because it just got all snapped up by, by uh, what they call flippers, people buying them to basically stop other people from getting them so they can throw them onto an auction site two months later, or not even two months later. Uh, so, <laughs> speculators, speculators, yes. Well, basically what they do is they register maybe 50 accounts and then buy them and then throw them on an auction site for double the price. So I, I, I couldn't be bothered doing that. I just, I, I think it's, um, I think it's, a, a, it, it's not something I want to particularly get into, but there's a guy, when I first started touching into the whole whiskey thing, I did a, a course with the University of the Highlands and Islands. And, and the, the lecturer was a guy called Vic Cameron, who, who worked for Gordon McPhail for decades. And he says barley makes zero difference. The, the type of grain makes zero difference on the, on the whiskey. Uh, you can go online and read an interview with him where he talks about that. He says once in almost 30 years, he thought the barley made a difference. Um, so he would know an awful lot more about it than I would. Personally, I think it probably does have some sort of an effect, but it might be slightly overrated in some aspects, you know? Right. Um, oh, wow. You know, you're getting controversial here tonight here. You're getting controversial. We've got about 15 minutes left tonight. Uh, we do maybe have other aspects to cover. Marty, have we time to give some of the people a mention tonight again? All right. So uh, let me see. Uh, Grant Erskine saying uh, thank, thanks for, for, the, for, the, for the mention. Uh, thank you uh, for tuning in. Grant, tell your friends. Remember to comment, like, and share. And go to that uh, YouTube page that we have, Ari's Whisker Review, and uh, subscribe to it. Uh, it's only new, but they're all on there, all the previous dozen or so weeks, okay? Now, uh, Mark saying, if either the pair of you are passing, you're welcome to sample what I have. All right, Mark, I only call around when the wife's out. I only call around when the wife's out. That's the bad news, all right? Um, <laughs> Get you petrol in the TT and look at out. All right. Uh, Connor Ryan is saying, uh, I had a German peated whiskey, mm -hmm. elk whiskey, during the year. Barley malted from German peat, and the flavor difference was incredible from Scottish peat I've ever tried. Peat yep. Torar, yes, yes. This is a this is a, a thing. People think peat is exactly the same the whole way through. It's not. You can have, depending on where the peat is from. It depends what has actually went into the peat, if you know what I mean. Most well, peats. It's these trees go into the peat, Marty. No, no. We'll get you the trees in a wee minute, Justin. We'll get you the trees in a wee minute, son. All right. Okay. What you have is you've much, much different levels of decomposition. So if you have peat that's much heavier rates, it's much thicker, uh, very dense, it's more like a coal. Whereas if you get some of the lighter, um, Peat, uh, the peat that hasn't maybe been as far down down and compressed, 
it becomes a bit more floral, and it has a much, much different, much, much different flavor, much different flavor. Is that an Ulster Scots word you use, frol? When did I use that word? What did I say? You just, you just used it a minute ago. It gets a bit more, when it gets a bit more down the peat, it gets a... Floral. Floor? Floral. F. F. L. O. R. A. L. Floral. 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 Like Flora. All right. Are you a Morris man now? Are you a Morris man? Floral. Oh boy! Listen, we've we've only ten minutes left tonight, morning. We've ten minutes, ten minutes, I and I I can go to McDonald's and get something to eat. <laughs> I made myself a lovely noodle soup tonight, by the way, Justin. It was really nice. Really did nice. I? I I didn't get down to have some of your famous food. I I, I want to get one of these fantastic uh, short horn steaks that you get from Glen Arm. Oh yes, no problem at all, buddy. No problem all right. at all. I don't know when I'll get down. I might get down this week. I'm going canoeing next week if the weather holds, but it looks like it's going to take a turn for the worse. Now, we better run through these here. Mark Kerr is saying he had an isla that was single barley field. Okay. Uh, Mark Diamond is saying, uh, good evening, Mark. I had to cut open a barrel. It was still sealed from the distiller. It was very fruity and sweet. It was from an Irish distiller. I also find they use reeds to seal any leaks. Any comments on this? I'm building a bar, and it's for decor. Um, I, I, I don't know what what comment I would be making on this, if I'm honest. Um, I had to cut open a barrel. Uh, it was still sealed from the distiller. Where is it from, or what? Um, was there whiskey in it, or was there... Um, I, no, I, I don't no, know. It, it's it's for furniture. It's for garden furniture, I think. Uh, but he's he's saying it was it has reeds to seal any leaks. Do, do, well, do, do, does does the reeds because you can eat reeds, you know, bulrush reeds, you can eat them. You know that. I, I don't tend to, but if you want to come well, around, they, they taste like cucumber. They actually taste like cucumber. On it, honestly, they do. Bulrushes yeah. do. So anyway, Mark, you've caught you've caught Morty out. He doesn't. He stumped for words about the reeds. All I'll say is, I mean, it would be the the warehouse man that would be looking after the the, the barrels. And well, it makes sense if you've got a waterproof reeds to fill in any slight leaks. Because I mean, it's not going to be a big leak. It's always going to be a, a fairly small uh, hole. So it makes makes sense, you know. Handy. Okay. okay. And there's a few other questions here as well. Uh, let me see. We have one uh, from Math Ma Michael Matthews. I'm having a batch three Dingle single malt. Lovely jubbly, uh, says uh, Only Fools and Horses fan, uh, Michael Matthews. Yeah. Uh, I'm, having, I'm still having the batch number five. Uh, Bourbon, Pedro Jimenez and Madeira casks. And again, they, they do this. They, they have these sort of fairly complex... Uh, Marriages, cask marriages, and they, they really work. It's really superb stuff, really, really good. Okay, now let me see. Uh, we're getting asked about the Swedish peated one again, which we have tried. The rocks one is, is particularly the winter rocks was fantastic. Uh, Mark, Kerr, Mark Kerr is asking about that. Uh, mm -hmm. Mark Diamond sent empty but still damp from the liquor yet we love a bit of dampness i'm a bit damp from canoeing all day today and mark kerr is rolling about the floor laughing at the ultra scots uh flora now hold on 
a win is gorse. Bims is uh, Heather. Bucky's is Roses. Itchy Poos is Rose Hips. Uh, Bucky Breer <laughs> is Wild Rosebush. Uh, breaded Cheese is Wrong uh, Green Leaves and a Hawthorn Lids. Fir Tree is Any Coniferous Tree. Ash is Ash Tree. Haw is Hawthorn. Skay is also Hawthorn. You, but you didn't know I knew Ulster Scots, Mark, did you? I don't think you do. I think you just mean obviously go along, but nobody else is hearing correctly. <laughs> <laughs> ah, where's Lord Lord when you need him? Where? Oh, he's, he's deceased. Listen, <laughs> listen. Um, what have we got? Uh, One final question. You've only got seven minutes left. Some coppers used to use old shoelaces. Some coopers used yep. to use old shoelaces, reeds, or something similar to seal leaks. On the staves, I use isopod. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> use it. It'll ruin. It'll ruin uh, the liquor. Um, yes. So shoelaces, reeds, or something similar. There you go. You're living and learn here. I mean, any, any, anything that's going to seal it up, as long as it's non-porous. I mean, it's going to work. You know. So, I mean, you just tap it in tight enough. It's, it's not going to leak out because you have to remember these are tiny leaks. These are. More or less pinholes, you know, so it's, it's not going to be anything major. Uh, Mark Diamond reckons I'm reading it out. Now, I can assure you there is no auto cue here whatsoever. There is absolutely no <laughs> auto cue here whatsoever. That's why I'm not reading it out. How dare just you? Justin, I, th I think people reckon there's a level of professionalism in this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear what you're saying. There you go. Look at that there. Listen, there is no auto key here. And the only person I can hear is Marty. There is no prompter. There's nobody here. This isn't full of sycophants like the BBC or ITV all telling me what to say. Honestly, it isn't. Now, listen, <laughs> before we get cut off by Facebook, uh, we've got five minutes left. Say your bye-byes to us if you want to say bye-bye. Marty, what have you got to say about this tree before we go? Now, what I want to say is, when you keep whiskey in a warehouse, every time you go past a whiskey warehouse or you go on a whiskey tour and you go and see the, the, the warehouse, it always looks filthy. It always looks pigging. You know, it always looks really, really black, like soot. It's yeah. actually fungus, okay? It's a, it's a fungus. Sometimes called... I have cream, I have cream for that. I have cream for that. <laughs> I just knew you would. I knew you would <laughs> <laughs> this fungus, this fungus is a bit like myself. It lives by by ingesting whiskey, right? <laughs> oh boy! Now I'm going to try and pronounce its Latin name, and there'll be somebody out there. Somebody's going to pull me on this because I'll, I'll sound like an absolute prick sounding that saying this. But it's a Bodonia coponicus, right? And it's always. It, Turns you see the, 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 the bark on that tree is black. It yeah. turns everything black. Um so it has people who live near whiskey warehouses, <laughs> it's a bit of a problem for them because the front of their house is all black. <laughs> it doesn't do any harm, you know, there's there's things eat it and stuff, but it, it just if you go to any distillery, look out for the trees outside because they've all got that black bark and black leaves and stuff on them. It's, it's quite cool. I, I think it's always pretty cool. I didn't know that. You live and learn. Yeah. 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 
I, 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 I tell you, I tell you, there's some comedians here tonight. Listen, what else have we got to do tonight to cover this earth? Because we've been talking about earth tonight and its role in whiskey. Have, have I missed anything out? Not really, no. I think we've sort of covered all the basics. But what we will say is competition week. We have a competition that's been running all week to win a miniature for a tasting next week. We're going to do the tasting of the Red Earl. It's a new new whiskey that's released from Concealed Spirits. Um, 20 miniatures be sent out to people picked at random uh, who will receive it so they can tune in next week and join us as we do a tasting. So if you want to be in it, put your name in below it. You have to live in the UK or Ireland. Um, yep. That's... That's it. Now, I've tried it. It's a sherry cask finish, sherry and Rioja cask finished whiskey. So if you put your name down below it, you're in with a chance of winning it and join us next week for the uh, for the tasting. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get the 20 people in, we'll get the tasting done and we'll get them all sent out. Okay, right. Uh, just uh, two minutes left. We'll say our bye-byes. Uh, this is what people are saying. Uh, Frank is saying he would like to see me with a couple of bottles around me uh, next week. Uh, uh, no, I only have empties here. I only have empties. Uh, Frank Hearn uh, must do the Ulster Scots or know what the fungi's called. He's calling it Boggin. Uh, Mark yeah. Kerr's thanking us for another lovely evening, Marty. Uh, thank you, uh, Mark, for contributing to the show. Uh, it's the viewers that make it. Always comment, like, and share. Tell your friends and watch us on the main feed at Irish Whiskey Review on Facebook. Uh, fascinating show. Thank you. See you next week. Next week is the big week for the Red Earl Irish Whiskey Tasting. Make sure you, you know, you know, there's going to be a 20 odd people get a, a sample sent out. Uh, let me see. Mark Kerr is uh, saying Justin is a fungi. Uh, I I would love to be a dolphin. Um, uh, I think yeah. it means fun guy. I think it's I think it's a pun, Justin. It's fun I know, guy. I know, I know. Trevor's saying uh, thanks for another great night, great info again. Uh, Mark Diamond saying I have a cream for everything. I do, yes, ice cream. I do love it. Jo Jordy Burke, good evening to you. Is saying cool. Uh, wherever you are, Jordy, watch us next week, ten o'clock British summer time. Trevor Watson has sent great show. Now bring on the wind show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Earth, Earth. What, 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 what element have we not covered, Marty? I haven't done air. Now I'm going to have to try and figure out how I'm going to get air worked into this, but I will do it. We'll get it sorted, Justin. We'll get it sorted. Uh, Jordy Burke is watching from Canada. Good evening to you in Canada. Uh, bonsoir en Canada. There you go. I did it in French. I don't have a script. How did I do that? There you go. Uh, uh, don't forget, I seen you doing the German a couple of weeks ago, and that, that went well. <laughs> the German was all right. The German was all right. Uh, another great <laughs> show, uh, watching for Canada, uh, Michael Matthews, uh, Jordy Burke, great show. Thank you very much, Mark Diamond. Great show. Cheers. Bottoms up. Uh, Michael Matthews, I'd love a cut at the Earl. Bring it on. Put your name down below. You never know. You might be lucky. Frank Hearn is saying, superb as always. Looking forward to next week. And Dave sure. Cummins is saying, great show as always, lads. Red Earl sounds great. We'll find out in exactly seven days' time, minus one hour. There you go. <laughs> one week. One week. Marty, Marty what, do you have, what have you planned for this week? Anything much? 
Um, I, I'm, I'm started doing a course. Well, I've started doing a course for a couple of weeks now, so I'm going to have that done. Uh, or not done, but I'll keep going with it. Um, pretty much, pretty much sitting around waiting for some miracle to happen. You know. Yeah, cure for COVID nineteen. There we go. Good night. Yeah. Bye bye. Catch you again. All the Bye. best. Take care.